Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I'm your host today on this Sunday evening in the great state of Mississippi. Today, I am joined by Java Chapman. Java's our producer today. It's usually Kevin Farrell, but Java's, uh, I guess, pinch hitting for us today. We appreciate that. My guest today is Antoinette Bordenhorst. Is that close? <laughs> no. That's close enough. Bordenhorst. Borden. I'm sorry, I got the first part. Bordenhorst. That's right. And, uh, Listen to that rolling of your R. I was hoping I would mess it up badly. <laughs> Horst. So, Antoinette. Uh, you currently reside in North Mississippi? Yes, sir. I'm just north of Tupelo in a little town by the name of Saltillo. And uh, we've been, actually got that house for almost 20 years now that wow. we've been living there. Yeah. And it's interesting. Uh, I was watching a baseball game on television two or three nights ago, and a young star pitcher uh, was, was on the mound, uh, uh, and he was from Saltillo also. But the announcers uh, pronounced it Saltillo or something like that. Okay. And someone from Saltillo called and said, it's Saltillo. <laughs> so well, he had to come back like me and correct uh, uh, the pronunciation of Saltillo. Yeah, some people want to say Satio. Satio. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is not the way that they say it up there. Yeah, it, it's not necessarily pronounced the way it's spelled. Is that correct? That's right, yeah, sir. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour. Thank you so much. I'm glad to see you. And um, we met back in 2007 when you were an artist uh, at the Gum Tree Fine Arts Festival in Tupelo. And that same year, uh, I was um, a judge f- for the jurying of, of the art. Uh, participants, and you won first place. And I had never met you before. I'd never seen your artwork. But that was our introduction in 2007. Uh, but then you moved away. Uh, we uh, we moved away a little bit to, uh, to Chicago at the time. Uh, Lane Furniture uh, mm-hmm. started toning down their, their people at that stage. And um, uh, of course, my husband uh, was still on, on a contract basis with him. So we um, we kind of decided, let's see a little bit more about the country, what's going on in the country. You always hear of the North and the South. And um, so we made a little detour through Chicago region, actually just north of Chicago, and um, learned a few things there. And then we came back home. Right. <laughs> But you're actually from South Africa, correct? That's correct, sir. Yes. 20, 20 years this year since we left South Africa. But you were born, born and raised? And raised partially in South Africa. Most of my raising was in Namibia, just north of, of South Africa. It's the old Southwest Africa. What was the name of the... Is it a country or... Uh, Southwest Africa, it used to be a sea mandate of, uh, of South Africa. Uh, it's Namibia at this stage. Namibia. Uh, mm. Named after the Namib Desert. That's right there on the West Coast. Okay. And you lived there until what age? I was about 17 years old when I mm. left for college. At that stage, uh, Namibia did not have any senior college. So I had to go to South Africa 
and I went to a little town um, called Potchefstroom, and that's where I were for several years, but never ended up doing what I was taught there. (laughs) And um, you also attended and graduated from a community college, a two-year college. Is that correct? A junior college, whatever they're called in South Africa? Not exactly. I I had a little bit of uh, information uh, that I, I studied some ceramic classes, but I did that with about three different ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last one was in Cape Town uh, that I that I studied some ceramic design there. Um, but it was it was more enrichment programs than it was serious ah, gotcha. um, programs. Yeah, okay. And and for our listeners, you are um, you work primarily uh, in sculpture, but you also work uh, in, po- in what we would call pottery, uh, uh, ceramics. But mostly, it's it's about porcelain. Correct? Did I get close to defining you, it? You are in such a good place. Um, pottery. If you define pottery, mm-hmm. then you end up with um, with a medium that if you work with porcelain, it's a clay that becomes glass-like when it's properly fired. And when it's properly fired, then it becomes porcelain, which is somewhere between a clay and a glass. Hmm. And you uh, learned this craft, this trade, this, this art form, uh, after you left South Africa, or, or, or were you introduced to it uh, in South Africa? I started out with clay in 1981, was the first time that I did that. And um, at the time, I was just working with any and all kinds of pottery that I can can work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was maybe six years into my career when I started becoming aware of porcelain. Now, at the time, and I have to say even to today... Um, the ceramic f- world believe that porcelain is a very difficult medium and it should only be practiced by people that's got many years of experience. Uh, I tend to disagree with them. I think it's more got to do with understanding and knowing the medium that you're working with. So I was introduced to it that, at that stage and I brought it over to the United States. And I worked here in the States. I worked for a long period of, of time. I worked with smoke fire where mm. I uh, put the porcelain in in a pit outside in my yard and the smoke will penetrate the clay and it would make flame marks on the on the on the clay. Okay. Uh, the Mississippi Museum of Art actually have two of my pieces there in their collection that's still from that time period. Um, but then one day I realized that it's time for me to move on. Uh, when I Early on, when I when I worked with the pit fire here in the United States, I did it for several reasons. Starting out with, um, I wanted to make a commentary about South Africa, right. my heritage, Namibia, my heritage from there. I had a lot of influences uh, with wild animals, different tribes of people. I worked with many, many people around there. And it's a very, very special country with very, very special, unique characteristics. So I was bringing that forth over to the people here. But then one day I realized I have to move on. I'm past the, I want to call it the grieving period right. of leaving my country behind. And I started seeing these ballerinas with their sheer dresses. And and um, and uh, that's when I moved on to porcelain the way that I'm doing it today, which is a completely different ball game. 
from what I originally did. I literally had to go back to the books and study everything all over again because I had so many disasters coming out of my <laughs> out of my hands. So full time since I started out with the high fire translucent porcelain work is since two thousand and five. Okay. So when I met you, I was about two years in. Right. Still very, very <laughs> But the wrong. pieces that were selected at the gum tree were the new style, right? That's right, sir. Uh-huh. And, yeah. and those were sort of a blue. I remember them being kind of a blue color, and they were, they were small uh, v- vases. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? I, I started working very early on with very colorful pieces. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the blue color that you're mentioning here is a, is a turquoise uh, that I that I uh, used, and um, I'm still very very much into that specific color. But then I also started mixing up the glazes to where I get these very vibrant um, greens and blues and 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 yellow, uh, orange. A lot of it in the end um, took me back to my school days in Namibia. I used to be in a dorm at the time. Right. And I, um, when I was supposed to study at nighttime, I was dreaming out the window, looking at the mountains ahead of me and all those very, very beautiful skies as the sun started going down. And what's so interesting about it, it took me some time after I started making those before I realized where it really came from. So in the end... Even though I did not make any commentary about South Africa per se anymore, right. I was still, those roots were still there, and I kind of mingled it in with my experiences here in the United States, which is really neat. So you you came to Tupelo uh, because of uh, employment? Was it about the manufacturing, the furniture manufacturing industry that that brought you all to Tupelo or yes. to Sautelo, as it were? <laughs> yes, sir. Well, actually, uh, of course, my husband, he worked in Tupelo right. at the furniture market, um, not the furniture market, at Action Lane. Action Lane. Uh, at mm-hmm. the time, it was just Lane Furniture. Um, they, uh, the, the company that brought us in was from Ohio, and they sent us down to Tupelo, and that was such a blessing. <laughs> to tell you, we are you so... You want to thank them for that? <laughs> we are so happy to be in Mississippi. Anyway, so... Um, that's where what brought us to to Mississippi, and uh, we early on we knew we will not go back to South Africa. We came back for m- more reasons than just for the op- employment opportunities that we had. We we've got three gorgeous, beautiful daughters, and uh, the uh, one is an opera singer today. One is in in uh, public services uh, today, and the other one is a uh, is a uh, celebrity chef. Uh, she's working a lot on yachts at the moment. So the opportunities that our children got from us moving to the United States is just, you know, it's priceless. Now, your your daughters are spread out across the country. Is that right? Actually not. No, they're we, all in one place? The, uh, one is living in Hattiesburg. With, at USM? Uh, she studied at USM. She right. studied with um, with um, Mary and Kyle. Oh yeah, and uh, Jay Dean and Mary and Kyle that's right. at the symphony she, she and the stu- opera. That's right. She studied with them, and she's still in contact with them. In fact, she's at the moment she's uh, with um, uh, Art South. She's yes. involved with with that program. Festival South. That's that's right. The Spiletto of Mississippi. That's exactly <laughs> it. So we are so proud of her to uh, that she's back finally. She's got. 
twins, a, a boy, mm-hmm. little boy and a girl. We're very proud proud that uh, that Tineke is um, taking her time, and you know she's giving back. She's giving back what she got from out of Mississippi. Um, Linky, the middle one, is at the moment she's she's the one that's out on the ocean. She's coming back home every once in a while. She's coming back, and uh, then we have Isolda. She's in New Albany. In New Albany, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes, now, which sir. is the chef? That's Linky. She's out on a uh, doing a, a chef. She she's working on yachts mostly. On yachts, okay. She started out on the Food Network show several years right. ago. Right, I thought I remembered you telling me that. That's right, and uh, uh, and then she. Um, when she came back to Mississippi, she was for a time period, she was in Boston, and then she came back to Mississippi. Uh, in fact, she's uh, homebound with us at the moment, uh, although we never see her. She's, we <laughs> may see her twice a year. Uh, she's most of the time, she's somewhere out on the ocean, you know, right. feeding some Being people a chef. somewhere. <laughs> feeding wealthy people <laughs> fancy food. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> now, she, she attended culinary school, is that right? It, in Columbus, Mississippi, yes, sir. Oh, at the at the W. That's right. So she graduated from the W's That's culinary right. program. That's right. Wow. So yeah. so all three of your children are schooled in Mississippi, educated in Mississippi? All three of them, and all three of them have their roots down here in Mississippi. Great. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White. I am your host today. Uh, we are in the studio with Java Chapman, our producer today, uh, also with Antoinette Bah den Horst. Listen to Did you. Did I get it? Bah den Horst. We won't tell them that you practiced, practiced it 10 no, times. No, no, they all know I have to practice. <laughs> <laughs> but welcome back, Antoinette. Thank you, sir. Glad you're here. Um, Antoinette uh, is a visual artist uh, living up in the Tupelo area, actually in um, in Slidell. No, in... Uh, Saltillo. Saltillo, sorry. Just got through telling a story about, uh, and and it's a suburb of Tupelo, uh, and and I know a lot about it because a I used to live in Boonville, but b because uh, it's a community that has embraced our whole schools uh, initiative at the Arts Commission, and uh, there are the elementary school, I believe, and maybe even the middle school in Sotillo are members of the whole schools initiative. The uh, the elementary school that Saltela do not have a middle school. The middle oh, okay. school is, it's in, the elementary. is in in Guntown, but the middle school in Tupelo is involved with with Correct. our schools. The Milam School is that the middle school or is that uh, the sixth grade? Yes, I'm not sure if that's the one that's. I mm-hmm. believe that it's the one that's involved. Right, and that that is uh, one of the Arts Commission's initiatives. It's an arts integration uh, initiative where we use. Uh, we we train uh, classroom teachers to integrate the arts into the other uh, standards and other lessons of history, math, science, and et isn't it a fantastic program? Yes, it's just you know it's so up my alley. Yes, because it's making children understand what they're learning, as opposed to rote memorization. That's right. Teach to the test and and then move on. So I, if I could, I, I'll get you to explain your art form, your medium, in your own terms uh, for our listeners who always tune in on Sundays to hear what artists we have on the Arts <laughs> Hour. And, and so, Antoinette, if you would describe what you do, that would be terrific. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you also for the opportunity to do that. Um, many people see porcelain as this very um, do-not-touch 
right. neon. Sacred. Ne- that's right. Stay. We only get it out on Christmas <laughs> and bring out the china. <laughs> Put it up in the cabinet. Right. Uh, I think I shocked uh, the the, the people at the museum store yesterday out of their socks when I took two mugs and I banged them against <laughs> each other. Just to show them the strength. To show them the strength. Because here's the definition of porcelain. Um, it's been worked as a clay, but when it's fired correctly, it takes on the strength of glass. Correct. And many people don't know that. I think the idea of porcelain should be up in a cabinet comes from um, maybe the Royal Albert and the Norotakis and that kind that they, like you said, they take out during Christmas time and it is not possible to put it in a microwave or in a dishwasher. Correct. That's not true. Right. <laughs> I was, <laughs> somebody somebody talked to me a while back and showed me a dinner set that she bought in Williamsburg. Uh, up in Virginia, and she's using it every day in her kitchen. And she said, but you cannot use porcelain like that. And I flipped the plate over and I said, what's this? And she was so surprised. It's it's just, it's a myth that's out <coughs> there and people don't realize how they uh, do themselves in by not using more porcelain in the kitchen. And and let talk a little bit about the themes that 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 you are pursue that you're interested in, uh, the cyclical, mm-hmm. uh, the changes in the rhythms and the cycles. I loved uh, the way you described that to me earlier. Well, you know, a lot of my, the core of me, is about change, changing from Namibia to South Africa, getting married, having children immigrating to the United States and everything that involves that. So when I take a piece of clay in my hands, it starts just as a dead lump or it looks like it may be a dead lump of clay. Right. And if I put it on a wheel and it starts moving, it becomes a circle. And by the time that I'm taking that all into the narrative that I'm working with, the storyline that that I'm working, uh, then that circle or the stagnant clay become a cycle and the cycle becomes a season. And uh, many people, when they look at my work, their first idea is that they look at nature. Yes, they're looking at nature, but Nature is moving. Uh, when the wind is blowing, the leaves go places. We all, we, we subject to real nature um, or natural elements here in Mississippi. Yes, uh, very much so. Yes, where we deal with hurricanes, where we deal with a lot of water. Tornadoes. We, that's right. Floods. And it, and, and it all is movement that goes on. And um, so by the time that I'm getting to a place where... Uh, I've been born, I've been raised, I've moved from one place to the other. I met you, I met um, Java, and I met many other people. Everybody had a little bit of an influence on my life. So I start changing. And my, my circle becomes a cycle which goes into seasons because tomorrow I may not be laughing here with you. I may be crying because the season of my life changed. I may be sick or tomorrow I may get married and I'm full of joy 
about that. So it's got all to do with that movement and that interaction that we have in our lives with each other. Uh, so when you look at one of my pieces, your first idea is that you're looking at something that may come from nature, which is absolutely true. But what do we learn from nature? What does nature really bring us? So where would people find your work if if they're listening and they're interested now in porcelain, not as this delicate thing that is put away and only brought out <laughs> once a year, but they're thinking more like you're describing porcelain as an everyday object, a piece of art. Uh, where could they go and, and see your work both online and in person? Uh, on my website, porcelainbyantoinette.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, is some of my work available. And then just yesterday, I delivered some work at the Mississippi Museum store. In Jackson. Here in mm-hmm. Jackson. The Museum of Art. And and I will be at the Mississippi Craft Show, uh, which is at the Clyde's um, Muse Center in Paul. That's right. Uh, that will be in August. I, I will be there as well. Now, that's uh, an, is that part of the Craftsman's Guild? No, sir. No. It's 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 just a craft show that's, craft show. Been, that's been put together. Uh, it's it's a more general show. Um, I don't really do shows anymore. There's too much in, involved in it. You you go for two days, but it takes you two months to sure. get yourself ready for that. Right. Uh, but I did want to let people away from my hometown know and see what I'm doing. Uh, the past six years, we've been working on our online school a lot. Didn't pay a lot of attention to um, to showing my work to people, uh, and and now we're ready to bring that out again, and and start showing people what I do. And I'm also busy working on a dinner ser- a series, uh, so that we can get porcelain back into people's kitchens. Oh, great. Now, you've also written some books. Uh, is that correct? You're, you're a writer as well as, a, as a, a visual artist. That's correct. I wrote a book, um, and it's it's in, in uh, co- collaboration. Collaboration. Did I pronounce that yes, correctly? Uh, with uh, the um, Ceramics Monthly. Uh, okay. Uh, and what they did is they gave me several artists that I had to comment on. And the book's name is Working with Porcelain. Okay. Um, the museum store said they're going to try and get some of those books in there if people are interested in buying it. Other than that, I'm writing a lot on my blog posts. And I'm also, uh, there's a whole bunch of articles, probably something like maybe 20 articles that I wrote for various magazines across the world. And you, you do research also. You're a, a researcher as, as well as an artist. You know, you were telling me about a research project that you're working on. That's right. You, there's no way that you cannot write and do not do some research. At the moment, I'm once again busy with a, a commission program uh, for um, the Ceramics Monthly. Uh, it's about Perianware. Perianware. Uh, that's right. Okay. And, and uh, when they threw it on my lap, I did not know what it was involved, except that I knew, okay, if they ask me, it, it must have to do with porcelain. Correct. <laughs> that would be a natural assumption. <laughs> That's right. So I, uh, when I started researching it, and it, there's very little information available about that. Um, but many years ago in, in the UK, they started out with um, making 
porcelain busts and even ended up in making bowls and plates and things like that as well uh, from this specific clay body, which is similar to bone china. Now, uh, our listeners will know bone china because it's part of the porcelain family uh, and it's part of that one that you put up in the cabinets most right. of the time. The very precious bone the, china. Uh, which is also just not exactly <laughs> needed to be up in that cabinet. <laughs> so you're but, here to debunk the myth that porcelain has to be handled with kit gloves. Absolutely. I wish I brought some pieces. I would have You'd just bang them, them together. <laughs> yes. Have you ever been demonstrating the strength and broken one? Uh, actually, No. <laughs> Okay. No, no. Good. But, <laughs> not, and not so yet. you're doing this research for porcelain. Perionware. Perionware. But the magazine is called? Ceramics Monthly. Ceramics Monthly. That's right. And, and it's a national ceramic magazine right, right, that's right. out there. Now, tell us a little bit about who your influences are, uh, who, as an artist uh, and as a porcelain maker, and or, or maybe just in life, influences uh, that have shaped what you do today. You know, it's so interesting that you ask that. Um, I have many people that when they see my work, they, they say, oh, but you're the potter, the, the potter version of Georgia O'Keeffe. Huh? So a while back, it started smuggling a little bit with my mind. And I thought, let me look at her images and see if What they're talking about. <laughs> yes. So I looked at it and I thought, let me see what I can do with the clay that's going to come closer to what she's doing. It ended up back in the water because it's just not, it's, it's just not <laughs> working. Each artist's got whatever they have. It's on the inside of them. And right. if, you, if you're honest with yourself, then that's going to come out. But that's just a little interesting sideline. Um, there's a lady by the name of Lucy Ree. Lucy uh, Reed? Ree. R-I-E. Ree, okay. And um, she was the very first person to work with uh, porcelain in an electric fire. And maybe you want me to continue with that story after the break. Yeah, let's, let's listen to a little more music, and then we'll come back to, to this lady, Miss Ree, mm-hmm. and talk about her influences on you or, or maybe just the work that she does. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour. I'm Malcolm White, and I'm here with Antoinette Bottenhorst. Listen to you, getting better by the second. If, if the show had three more segments, <laughs> I would be able to pronounce your name correctly. You said it good already. <laughs> uh, but before we took a break, Antoinette, you were talking about three special ladies and their work and their influences. and So let's pick back up on those ladies and describe them, rename them and describe them for us and talk a little bit about them. Yeah, I started talking about Lucy Ree. She was based in the UK. And Mm -hmm. she, after this, um, the the turn of this 19th century, we we had this, um, the the movement, um, the industrialization of everything. Uh, She was one of the people that started picking up. And she took porcelain for the first time into an electric kiln okay. at the time. Now, there's a lot of very interesting history behind porcelain that started out in the 1200s in China. Uh, maybe one day we'll get an opportunity to talk about that. But um, That would be another show. Uh, it may be a full show. By That's what I'm itself. saying. It could be a show into itself. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, so, so she was one of the first people that took porcelain out of the traditional form of plates 
and bowls and cups and things like that. Then came along Ruth Duckworth. Uh, Ruth Duckworth was the last years that she lived. She was out in Chicago, and she took porcelain completely into a, a sculptural environment. And she was very strongly criticized about that. Uh, but she stuck to her beliefs, and she became really one of America's icons. Uh, and anyone that may be interested in the arts sh should go look at her work, Ruth Duckworth. And she's uh, from Chicago and is a work at the Chicago Institute? Um, I am sure they would have some of her work. Mm -hmm. she's, she's passed away mm -hmm. uh, several years now, maybe seven, eight years ago she passed away. And then the third person that I want to mention is a lady by the name of Mary Rogers. Now, Mary Rogers took porcelain into hand building which is part of what I'm doing too. I'm, I'm not just throwing porcelain on the wheel. I'm taking it beyond the wheel all the time, which is what I absolutely love about it is the fact that you are not stuck with just these round forms right. in front of you all the time. So those are the three people that really had a huge influence on my work. And um, other than that, you know, I... Anytime, they, there are beautiful, beautiful porcelain artists out there. I am trying at this stage to to talk up a storm so that we can bring a show to Mississippi uh, where we can really show and, and teach Mississippians. And, of course, you know, there's not much that you can teach a Mississippian, can you? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> but I think I, some people would argue with you that we, there's a lot but, to be learned. But I would love for us to do that, you know, to right. bring porcelain to Mississippi in, in an art form so that people can learn about that. Now, in your times living in Mississippi, and you've lived here twice now, mm -hmm. right, uh, have you met other porcelain artists working in the state, or are you all alone in this world? There are a few of us. Um, Matt Long is up in Oxford. He's a professor at the college there. Okay. And uh, then there is uh, Claudia Cartier. Cartier. I yeah, yeah. I think she got the Mississippi Award. She that, did. She, that she's won a fellowship. And That's I think right. she's also been in the Mississippi Invitational uh, at the museum before. I'm not sure, but she's yeah. fairly well known. Yeah, so so she's so, also working in porcelain, and then uh, there's a guy in Hattiesburg that I that I know of, uh, Mark Rigsby. He's also at the uh, USM at, USM at the college there. So so these people are primarily based at universities uh, as professors. Yeah, I don't know about Claudia. I know mm -hmm. her work more. I cannot recall that I met her before. Um, there's a few other people that's that's working a little bit in porcelain, but not, none that I know of that's really pursuing it as strictly specializing in porcelain. Right. And and you you also, uh, when we were talking earlier, talked about being involved with the whole schools initiative, which we mentioned in the second mm -hmm. segment. At the very beginning, uh, with, with Martha, Martha Cheney from Tupelo, who was running that program, many, many years ago. Uh, so you were there sort of in the earlier days of, of the Whole Schools Institute. Were you a teaching artist? Uh, I don't think you had the teaching artist, the, the title. The at title that back stage then, yet. I see. No, it was just the artist roster, and I worked with it. But, you know, I have to tell you, those very early days that we came to the States, our family had to learn to buy stamps. We had to learn... To put gas in a car because it was completely differently done in, uh. Uh, in those days. So many of the things that I've done at that stage kind of came automatically. 
But I did work with the, the whole school's program. I remember I worked at, at West Point. I did some stuff with Saltillo Elementary with uh, uh, Gina Yabro was at that stage still a teacher there. She's, I think she's close to, if not retired at this stage. So I worked a lot with that. Um, children are very close to my heart for many reasons. And not just children. You know, in South Africa, I worked in the prisons, with prisoners, oh, okay. uh, and I, I actually have a card from a guy that sent me a message and said, Miss Antoinette, you're a good tutor, is, is what he called me at the time. So I helped them establish a pottery studio in, in prisons. I worked with, uh, with people that had disabilities uh, okay. uh, throughout my life. But the key is for me today, I'm working with my own grandchildren. And the beauty of that is that uh, they come into my studio and I'm teaching them math and history and sciences while they don't know that they're learning about that. Right. You know, <laughs> they, they learn it automatically and uh, it becomes part of their the fiber and that's making them who they are. That's great. Now, also, uh, you have started uh, a school online teaching I call it a school. Teaching art. Teaching art online. Tell us a little bit about how that works and how a person could could get involved with that program. We started out with teaching, the Mississippi saying in the beginning, teaching art, and then we realized it's teach in art. I-N, teach in art. That's right. So if people are interested, they can go to our website, teachinart.com, and they'll get all the information they need from there. So you have, how long are your classes? I mean, if, if you sign up, tell me how it works. It depends on what they need from us. Oh, so it's uh, it's stylized. It's, uh, it's stylized, each... and but it's a, we we trying to bridge the gap between college and the hobby artists. We're giving giving them real, true, um, the 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 syrup, the real in depth knowledge. Of clay, so they don't just learn to work with clay, but they learn why and how they have to work with it to mm -hmm. understand it. So, uh, are there many different levels, and uh, are, are each of the courses the same, or you can choose from an, uh, a menu of courses? They can choose from different courses. At this stage, we have ten instructors with us uh, from across the United States. Most of them are well-known instructors, uh, and uh, people started to learn about painting on clay. They started to learn painting on tiles. Uh, we have a woodworker, uh, Robert Rehnquist, that joined our team recently. Okay, so it's not all clay and porcelain. It's not all. We, we are actually in the process of building this out to all the different art forms that's out there. And we have some beginner's classes. We have some intermediate and advanced classes. And it's all based out of your home or your studio in Saltillo? My the space that we're working at is a little bit bigger than this studio. Bigger than the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, uh, he's standing. Chris is standing. My husband is standing with a video camera on the one side of the table. And if I tell him, come stand and look over my shoulder to see what I'm doing, people get an opportunity to see the work so close up that they don't have to worry about standing far away and watching over somebody else's shoulder. And we try to, where we cannot let the people touch the work, right. we try to let them touch it with words. So we use descriptions and all different kinds of ways 
to bring it home to them. And at this stage, we're already in 38 countries in the world. I was going to ask, where are your your students? Where are your Everywhere in the world. They're all over the world. All over the world. We have several of them right here out of Mississippi. Uh, We do hope in future to bring some special classes for the whole school so that teachers can learn to take, you know, learn some um, arts uh, uh, styles and and mediums so that they can take it into the classroom for their students. Uh, We've not been that far yet, but we had requests for that. so that they can get into teachers' credits, uh, you know, help them with that. Right, right. Um, so uh, we're so in the in the beginning of all of this, still, even though we're five, six years into it already. Uh, but there is, it, it's just one of those things. There's nobody that's teaching us to, how to do You're it. You're figuring it out as we you do it. Figure it out <laughs> as we go. <laughs> so yes. Was sir, there a, a prototype that you saw that you're? You, that you're trying to follow, or did you just literally decide you wanted to go online with your teaching? You know, when people started doing all these uh, tutorials on YouTube, yes, we looked at some of those and we thought, it's all wonderful that they have that, but that's not true teaching. In a, to a certain degree, and we do that too because we have to advertise our classes, uh, some of it is just bragging. Look what I can do. Some of it is just advertising, you know, uh, get me as a teacher to come teach you or get me into a workshop or something like that. But when we teach, like, for instance, my understanding porcelain class. So it's kind of like a 101 That's the very beginning? Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I take them literally from the history of the porcelain into the science of the porcelain, into the making of the porcelain. And right now I'm busy working on a complete beginner's class. So people that never done pottery before, I'm even going to tell them, what they need to start out hmm. making pottery. Do you have uh, classes where people come to your studio uh, in Sotelo or just the online version? Uh, I uh, I used to teach all the time for mm-hmm. about 22 years of my career. I, I taught full time. Uh, and then I decided my studio needs to belong to me. Uh, but people started asking me for workshops. And I, this just about three weeks ago, I had an international group of students in my studio in Saltillo. Who traveled there. Uh, They Mm -hmm. traveled from all over the country. They traveled and I gave them a week-long workshop there. Uh, Other than that, I go out to places. I go out to different places here in the United States where they need me. Uh, But next year, I will be teaching in Europe again. I go back to Europe every second year, uh, and I will be teaching at this stage at about five different countries in Europe. And then I will also go to South Africa to go teach about five or six different classes there as well. So you still go home to uh, South Africa to it, teach. Isn't that a wonderful opportunity? It really <laughs> so, is. Yes, Have you I taken do. the grandchildren to South Africa? Not yet, sir. <laughs> not, I bet not that's yet. on the list, though. I uh, Maybe when they're a little, older, a little we, older, we will take them. Yes, sir. So once again, give us uh, where people can view your work and your art online, uh, your website or whatever you have that people can view it? My website is porcelainbyantoinette.com. Mm-hmm. And if they forget the website, just type South African Mississippi. <laughs> just Potter. a few keywords. <laughs> yes, they, South African Mississippi porcelain. <laughs> and, and it's who else would it go to but you, right? That's right. <laughs> and then our other website is Teach. Teach in art or teaching without the G 
Art. <laughs> teach in art. That's right. Just, teach, in, teach in art. Just do a search of that. And my grandchildren is going to say, oh, my, you cannot pronounce that Mississippi style. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like me with the German. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Uh, and, and the pieces themselves, if someone, do you have any pieces in Tupelo? Or? I do. I have my own showroom in Tupelo, mm-hmm. and people are welcome to contact me, and I can show it to them. I do open houses from time to time. I have some work at the Mississippi Museum store right now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, who knows where else we might take it. At this stage, it's uh, it's at those two places. I it's a slow process. Yes. There's not too many pieces coming out. Maybe the dinner will be How long does it take for a piece? Uh, a, a, say a, a small piece of. It, of it depends art. on you know. It, it, sometimes it takes me up to twenty hours to work on one piece. Mm. Sometimes I would work twenty hours on one piece, and I would concentrate so hard that I crush the piece in my hands <laughs> <laughs> because before it's fired, it's very fragile. Right. It's That's maybe where people get confused, uh, that it's uh, so fragile. Oh, I don't think they know that. I, I don't think that's the case. I think They've it's just w- been told by their grandmother to yes, leave the china alone. I think that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, it's 20 hours, sometimes even longer Wow. to, to, to work on a small piece of Well, paper. we're really happy that you are in Mississippi. We're glad you came back. And uh, we look forward to seeing your work all over the state. And we appreciate the work you do with whole schools uh, and with the children and teaching. And uh, we will see you uh, at whole schools gatherings. And we'll see you when we're in the Tupelo, Saltillo area. Thank you for being our guest on the Mississippi Arts Hour today. And we will see all of you next Sunday at the same time, 5 o'clock on MPB Think Radio. Thank you.